When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. He's going to be able to beat virtually everyone. His foot speed is incredible. So he's one of the quickest guys in men's tennis. But now he's becoming one of the smarter players in the game. He's mixing things up. He's using the slice backhand. He's using the drop shot. He's getting to net a little bit more. I love the creativity. I love the way he's trying to problem solve and think through. He's playing better tennis by a long shot. That's the 1992 and 1993 Australian Open winner and Channel 9 commentator Jim Courier talking about Alex Diemenor. But if you want to see all the tennis action, Hobart, Adelaide Internationals, 2024 Australian Open streaming live, ad-free and on demand on the home of Grand Slam Tennis. That is Stan Sport. The star of the show is Wally Masseron. He joins us this morning. Happy New Year, Wally. And to you, Jules. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, Alex Diemenor is going pretty well. How much do you read into form in these tournaments before the Australian Open? Oh, look, absolutely I do because it's come after, well, it's a pretty short off-season, but I think it's pretty relevant. You know, um, Felix Auger, Aliasim and uh, Tsitsipas kind of arrived in Sydney still with lingering injuries from the previous year. Then I looked at um, Kasper Ruud, for example, and Zverev, kind of hit the ground running. They were playing really well. You know, Manorino was playing great. I was up in Brisbane. Obviously, Holger Rune and Dimitrov got to the final there. So you, you really are looking at players early in the season because if you're not right by now, you don't have long to get it right. You know, the best players can get a couple of exhibition matches this week in Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, no, I think form is hugely important given, you know, it's the start of the year and you, we're, what are we, seven or eight days away from the start of the Australian Open? And it's significant for Alex Diemenor. It's been a long time since we've had a male inside the top 10. And it just feels like with Alex, this is a, a continuation on, on how he finished the last year. Yeah, that's right. Um, probably by his own admission, beating Medvedev at the back end of 2022, who was ranked top five at the time, instilled a bit of belief in him because up until that point, I think he'd been very good at beating players ranked below him, you know, taking care of business, but was struggling against top 10 and top 10 uh, five players. And then he kind of, he's been on a real run in 2023. And as a consequence, you know, he's gone from being ranked in the late teens and early twenties to being ranked 10. So it's, it's a huge jump in terms of the points you've got to accumulate to do that. So it speaks volumes about, you know, how he's traveling. Sad news with Rafa Nadal, wasn't it, Wally? He's not right. He's out of the tournament, unfortunately, with a, with another injury. Not that we were expecting him probably to win the Australian Open, but is that it? Will we see him in an Open again, or do you think that was going to be his last if he could get out there? Well, I was actually calling that match with um, Jordan Thompson, um, 
with Rafa, and Rafa was playing really well. Like I was surprised how well he was playing. Although you know, I shouldn't be surprised because you know he he would have given himself the most rigorous um, preparation. But he was playing really well, serving well. It was a great match actually. And uh, I'm going to say, you know, second or third game of the third, yeah, there was a noticeable problem. I'm going to say it was a hip flexor up around that area. Um, and he came back, and I just couldn't help but get the feeling the tennis is there, the ability is there, but, and this is a slightly different injury again, but I don't know, he's just such a warrior. He's kind of bashed himself up. You kind of wonder how much longer can he go? Because that was a best of three set match that went over three hours. Yeah. But of course, at the Australian Open, there'd be another two sets to play. And then if you win, you've got to back it up. So therein lies the problem for Rafa. You know, just the, uh, I guess, the toll that he's taken on his body over the years. And, and can he keep going at 37? But I've got to say, he was playing remarkably well for a guy that hadn't played a, a competitive event in a year. What does it all mean for Jordan Thompson then? He's been a little bit in the wilderness the last couple of years. Hasn't been... At his best, I know he, he went on to lose his next match pretty convincingly. But did you see enough in Jordan in well, that match? That... I'm going to disagree. I reckon he actually did all right because Dimitrov was playing really well. Yeah, true. Um, and I, I was concerned that Jordy, because it was an unbelievably physical match with Nadal, as it always is. And I really liked the way Jordy stepped up. You know, he's been a bit of a, he's kind of had a bit of a counter punching mentality for a lot of his career. But you know, he was surviving. He was mixing it up. He was taking the returns on the rise using his forehand, he's playing a big game, and I thought he'd be a bit spent because he finished, you know, it was like midnight, it was late. Um, I thought he'd be in trouble against Dimitrov, but he was competitive, so he backed up pretty well the very next day, um, even after that match. So I reckon, I reckon, you know, you talk about form going into the AO, I reckon it stands Geordie in good stead. I think that was a big win for him. It's been a while, Mr. From Stan Sport Tennis, you can catch all the at Hobart, Adelaide Internationals, the 2024 Australian Open, streaming live, ad-free and on demand on the home of Grand Slam tennis stands. But mentioning uh, Gregor Dimitrov, it's a it's a good little renaissance in the last 12 months or so. He wins the title in Brisbane, first title in since 2017. What sort of damage can he do at the Open? Well, he can. I, I mean, obviously, um, I'm a little biased because I really like watching him play. You know, he's very... Um... Yeah, he's a sweet shot maker and he's an exciting player and he's a tremendous athlete. So it's good to see him, um, you know, charging or heading the right direction. Uh, I was interested to watch him play because he used the slice backhand, not exclusively, but he used it, you know, a high percentage of the time really effectively. So he had, a, you know, the, the heavy slice and then the big forehand. And yeah, it was proving very difficult for players to kind of deal with all the different spins and paces that were coming at them. And um, as I say, I really do enjoy watching him play and he can be, he can be a threat at the AO, um, you know, whether he wins it. Well, Hey, that's, that's a big ask, but he, he's certainly there to do some damage given the way he's playing. The United Cup taken out by Germany in the end. It was a good performance from Alexander Zverev to come back from a, a set down. He was long spoken about in this group of the next player that, that's going to win a Grand Slam. He made the final of the 2020 US Open, a lot of semifinals around that in other majors, but hasn't got there yet. Do you still have a, a confidence in Alexander Zverev that a, that a major title he will get at some stage? Yeah, you, look, he's, he's certainly in the mix. Um, it's interesting now, isn't it? Because... You know, there's Novak. Everyone's sort of chasing Novak, given what he did in the slams in 2023. Alcaraz and Sinner are sort of, you know, they're right there, obviously, just getting better all the time. Sort of can't be denied, those two. Um, and then you, you could throw Zverev, Medvedev, Rublev, um, 
you know, Taylor, there's a whole Garoon. There's just a host of players who are very, very capable, if the draw is right and the conditions suit them, um, of doing some damage. And, you know, Zverev is right in there. You know, I sat courtside for a few of his matches at the United Cup, and the, the big feature, of course, is this serve. You know, the guy consistently serves over 200, and he serves at about 70-plus percent first serves in. So he, he's just so hard to to beat him easily. So he's always, he's in every match. Um, and he's done really well given, you know, what was that injury at the French 2022? Uh, and here he is, you know, a, a year later, year and a half later, back to his best inside the top 10. And look, he'll threaten, he'll be dangerous, no question about it. On the women's side of the draw, uh, not the, the results so much, but the, the size of the defeat for Arena Sabalenka in that final against Rabakina, is that a concern? Um, yeah, well, yes, I suppose. Um, Rubarka, it was, it was such nice conditions up in Brisbane, as it was in Sydney, you know, with the dome, the roof, it's just perfect. And when you get someone that just has the sort of firepower of Rubarka, without the variables and just the conditions being so perfect and just, she's on fire, you know, you talked about form coming in. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be a bit of a concern, but, you know, Sviontek looks pretty good too um, at the... United Cup, you know, she just seems to really be enjoying the pace of the court, the height of the bounce. So I think there's a there's a few women there that are, you know, in sparkling form. But, you know, Sabalenka was obviously in the final. Do not discount her. Yes, the reigning champion, uh, of course. So I spoke to Brett Phillips before. Uh, it's been pretty low profile around sort of Tanasi Kokonakis going in uh, to this Australian summer. We'll see him in action in Adelaide tonight. Uh, where do, where's Tanasi at, do you think? Well, I guess he had a um, he had a match in Brisbane. He lost to Rinky Hijikata up there, um, tight first set, and I think Rinky won the next six three or so. So he played awfully well in Adelaide last year, and, and maybe that didn't give him a lot of time. You know, flew over and played his first round at the Australian Open. It's a bit of a double edged sword if you do really well in that event the week preceding. Um, but look, obviously he's got some points to defend in Adelaide, so he'll want to have a good week there. It's his hometown, and he does enjoy playing there. So we know he's got game. Um, we saw him play pretty well at the French Open this year. We know he kind of enjoys the Australian Open, obviously, as most of the Australian players do. He's you know he's a Grand Slam winner there in the doubles. Um, he's played some great tennis there at Melbourne Park, so he likes the court surface. You know, the ball um, the ball court matchup suits him well. But, yeah, you probably want to get some matches under his belt this week leading in for confidence. Yeah, he's certainly got a good record in Adelaide in recent years. Well, there always seems to be some tension around Australian Open wildcards for Australian players. And it's it's there again this year with Arena Rodianova, you know, via her social media. It seems pretty clear that she's disappointed she wasn't given a wildcard given the year she's coming off. Um, how difficult is this selection process for working out who should get a wildcard and who shouldn't? Well, the beautiful thing is, Jules, is that I did it for many years and I'm out. Um, <laughs> so now you can talk about it. Yeah. Oh, no, it, it, it's very difficult. It's a headache. Um, there's no question about it. I suppose ultimately when I was in the role, you know, we always looked as wild cards for those young emerging players. Um, and, you know, the good ones like Demon, Ash, Nick, they might only need one or two and then they're sort of on their way. They get themselves inside the top 100 and off they go. Um and, and that's, I think, essentially, that's where you look at them. And then you probably look at the, the scenario of players who 
have reputation and pedigree but have injuries. So, you know, like Daria would be a player that you would say, well, you know, at certain points of her career, you know, with ACL and Achilles injuries, you would certainly look at Daria as someone who, um, you know, can win matches in slams. For, <coughs> excuse me. You know, Thanasi's been the beneficiary of some wild cards coming back from injury. So there's that element of it as well. Um, and, of course, there's the reciprocal wild cards that, you know, Tennis Australia has with France, the French Federation, the USTA. There's an Asian wild card. So, look, they, they serve a lot of purposes. But I suppose fundamentally for me, it's for, you know, if you had an absolute host of emerging young juniors, you know, knocking on the door, that's what you really want your wild cards for. But... Yeah, there's a few other, um, you know, purposes behind them, I suppose. Novak will start favourite, of course, on the men's side of the draw. The, the wrist injury he sustained at the United Cup, is that just a a minor hiccup for Novak or is that a bit of a watch? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have, you know, full insight. But, you know, I, I, I'm i just hoping that it's a little bit of fatigue and soreness given, you know, he, he would have had some, he had a massive end of year in 2023. A little bit of time off, you build up. Um, all of a sudden you're playing competitive matches, the workload ramps up, you're playing with a bit of tension. So I'm just hoping it's a bit of fatigue and soreness um, and then he overcomes it. He seems to, you know, we know last year he, he struggled with injury leading into the Australian Open and, and managed it. You know, so he's obviously got a lot of experience in terms of managing his body and getting the best out of himself. So look, I'm confident he'll get it right in the time that he had since his last United Cup match. And I certainly hope so, you know, for his sake and the tournament's sake. Have we got the, the format for the lead-up tournaments about right now? The United Cup seems like a fantastic event. You know, Brisbane, Adelaide, Hobart, all the events around the Australian Open. It's chopped and changed a bit over the years. Do you think we've got that format about right right now? Yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, the Brisbane International is a great event. You know, players need opportunity. There's a Canberra Challenger, a tournament in Hobart, WTA event in Hobart, WTA event in Adelaide, ATP event in Adelaide. So I think, yes, I think it is right. And... You've got to understand, of course, Jules, it was COVID that sort of disrupted yeah. everything. Um, and, you know, the United Cup and, you know, the ATP Cup, United Cup was always interesting, wasn't it? Because of the rumblings of, you know, the Middle East having opportunity to host tournaments, you know, in the first week of the year. So I think, you know, Tennis Australia, you know, wisely wanted the best players in Australia over the month of January leading into the Slam. So, you know, hence... The ATP, uh, so excuse me, the United Cup, which was very successful, and I think the new format rejig was really, um, you know, really important because I think it worked so well. And I was there, and I got to interview some of the players, and they do enjoy representing their country. Mm. You know, the men and women format representing the country, they absolutely enjoy it. And look at the effort that Zverev put in to get Germany over yeah. the line. You know, he he, that was a mountain of work that he put in in terms of hours on court. So we get underway on Sunday at Melbourne Park. Thankfully, we're not starting today, Wally. The weather is absolutely miserable uh, in Melbourne today. Obviously, sent down from Sydney. Um, yeah. What's uh, what excites you about? The, I mean, there's plenty to get excited every Australian Open, but is there a particular storyline or a particular player heading into this Open that uh, really excites you? Well, we've touched on Demon, um, you know, and obviously from an Australian perspective, uh, that's really exciting given. The year that he had in 2023 and the wins that he's had recently um, in the United Cup. So yeah, absolutely. You know, there'll be, be a bit of pressure and expectation on him. So hopefully he he can handle that, take that in his stride. But I believe he's arrived now. You know, he's got the game and the, 
the endurance and the presence of mind to do that. Uh, nine Australian men in the top 100. Mm. I'm very, um, you know, uh, I'm pretty, you know, James Duckworth was impressive in uh, Brisbane. Geordie was impressive. So, you know, Rinky's been playing well. So I guess outside of Alex, I think there's some good stories there um, of Australian men who have established themselves inside the top 100, and I guess I'm looking for them. But they've had a pre-season in Australia. That's a great benefit. Um, as you say, though, the weather's not that hot, but if it does heat up a little bit and conditions get a bit ugly, I think a few Australian men will be poised to potentially do some damage. So I'm excited about that. Um, and, look, there's talk. we've mentioned some of the women. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it's a little wide open. You know, I think there are certainly some form players and some favourites, but... I think you can throw a blanket over maybe, you know, 10 women who, if they catch fire, can get the job done. Whether they've got the very belief at the back end of the tournament is another matter. And then, you know, the the men's game is in, you know, it's in great health in the sense that, you know, look at, uh, I mean, Alcaraz, incredibly exciting. Look at what Sinner did at the back end of 2023. You know, I really like Francis Tiafo, Holgerun. He's starting to come back. You know, Dimitrov um, is playing some exciting tennis. So there's just a lot of stories there. We're going to see some great matches, and I just like watching it all unfold. We can't wait, and uh, I'm sure the heat will turn up. It just seems to do that in Melbourne. Every time the tennis starts, uh, the heat mm. turns on. So hopefully that is the case next week. Wally, always great to chat. Uh, we look forward to doing so throughout uh, the Australian summer, and particularly the Australian Open. Good on you, Jill. See you, mate. Wally Masur, Stand Sport Tennis. AO tickets are selling fast at Ticketmaster with ground passes available from just 29 bucks. You can see Hobart, Adelaide, 2024 Australian Open, streaming live at free and on demand on the home of Grand Slam Tennis Stand Sport. Got some time to take your calls. one 736 736 Anything that's floating your boat in the world of sport. The next Australian opener, Sam Kerr's injury. Those in sport that need a bit of you-know-what on the liver like Alex Demon or to prove some critics wrong in 2024. Send us through your temper text as well. 0433981116. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks serious about sleep. This is Mornings for Hyundai. The Hyundai SUV sale event is on now.